Welcome back to the San Francisco Giants edition of For the Fans, By the Fans, a podcast where we bring you your weekly dose of all things San Francisco Giants baseball from the fans' perspective. I'm a lifelong Giants fan and your host, Benjamin Shapiro. As the Giants sit at 6-9 in 11th place in the National League after two series losses to Arizona and San Diego, we welcome in my brother-in-law, Hugh Mulligan. He was a freelance designer, founder of Gottschop Woodworking Studio, a father of two desert children, and an avid Arizona Diamondbacks fan. But before Hugh regales us with stories of 500-foot Paul Goldschmidt bombs, I want to tell you about the hat that I return to our friends at Fanatics. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Fanatics is the global leader in licensed sports merchandise. What you might not know is that they have a 365-day return policy. Unfortunately, the Giants running hat that I bought last week was too small for my Bruce Bochy-sized dome, but it's cool. Fanatics has my back and paid for the return shipping, even though I only bought a hat. So if you're looking to buy that D-Bags jersey that looks dangerously close to saying D-Bags, like my brother-in-law Hugh, <laughs> go to ftfbtf.com fanatics, and they'll give us a couple of bucks as a kickback to help pay for the production of this show. With that said, Hugh, welcome to the pod, bro, Chacho. Hey, thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, as we speak, the Giants are playing the Diamondbacks, and it looks like it is still scoreless in the fourth inning. Yep, I've got it on over here. I'm watching it right now. So no shots fired yet. But before we get started talking about baseball, I want to hear from somebody who's been a graphic designer and worked with professional sports teams on Logo. How on earth the D-backs jerseys that look so much like they say D-bags on them gets green-lighted? How does that happen? <laughs> There's a lot of people involved in those decisions, and unfortunately, the designers are at the bottom of the totem pole. But funny story about that. So the studio that I used to work for actually designed those jerseys, not the current iteration, I guess, but all the logos and branding. So I can say I have a little insight into that, but it's basically like herding a bunch of blind monkeys into the same room when you have those jokers in there trying to pick something. So be honest with me. Was it a joke at first? <laughs> Probably. Knowing the studio that I was at for a little over six years there, you know, they could have very well done that as a joke just to uh, amuse themselves. I doubt it, but it's possible. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that I would almost buy that jersey mockingly. <laughs> right. You know, it might actually be better than the World Series Arizona jerseys that had the cutoffs with the, was it teal or blue t-shirts? Yeah, it was the Rockies color palette. Basically, it's the teal and purple. Pretty rough. Yeah, not good. Let's not talk too much about fashion. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. Why don't you tell us how you became a Diamondbacks fan? Well, I grew up playing baseball, grew up watching baseball. And uh, the only team we had in Tucson there was the Toros way back in the day, which are no longer around, obviously. But so I grew up going to those games and there was no pro Arizona team. So the Rockies were my team. And then luckily in 98, D-backs came along and the rest is history. So tell me what it's like to have an expansion team. How old were you? Did the community rally around the team? What was the experience like getting a new team? In Tucson, it wasn't as big a deal, but I'm sure up in Phoenix where we are now, it'd be probably was a huge deal. I know they had the huge uh, giant inauguration game. And we actually went to the uh, 20th anniversary game at the home opener here. So that was pretty cool to see too. Tell me what the experience is like going to a Diamondbacks game. What's the stadium like? What are, what are some of the perks that Giants fans might not know? It's basically like walking into a public restroom and all there is is glory holes. 
But I've always liked the D-back stadium. The, what Chase Field is open. It used to be the bank one. used to be bank one, right? The Bob, as some people called it, which I always thought was kind of stupid. It's a nice stadium. I mean, it, they got lots of food, lots of crazy stuff. Supposedly the cheapest beer in baseball, which is a $4 beer, but it's an eight ounce cup. So it's a little bit of a scam, but isn't all of sports and advertising. So tell me about some of the attractions in the park. Is there anything notable? I know they there's the swimming pool. Have you been in that? Yeah, there's a swimming pool in the outfield. Um, they try to do a lot of nice things for the kids in there, which is kind of cool. There's a They call it the sand lot. It's up on the third deck out in left field. And it's a whole sort of mini stadium and a playground. And they have a one of the, like, the third tier pitching coaches up there throwing wiffle balls to the kids. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and with us uh, having little ones, at least helps us get through four innings before we have to leave. So you started off, you know, you were rooting for the team in Tucson as they were an expansion team. Eventually, you moved up to Phoenix. When did you actually think the team was going to be any good? I think it was probably 2001. That was one of those magical seasons, as we all know, for uh, anybody that's a fan of Arizona sports, which shockingly are very few. So I'm proud to say that I'm one of them. But uh, I don't think anybody knew they were going to be good, honestly. And to have it that quickly was was pretty amazing. Obviously, a little bit of a drought since then. I mean, last season, they showed some promise, but uh, time will tell. So thinking back on watching the Diamondbacks, I'm curious to know who's your favorite player. Of all time? All time. Man, oh man. They're actually doing a thing up here now that's like a Diamondbacks fantasy team. Pick your favorite Diamondback from every position. Remember nine of them. Right, exactly. You know, everybody gives me flack when I say it, but I loved Ryan Roberts, the tat man. The Ryan Roberts. He wasn't the best player, honestly, but that guy left it all out there every game, and I really liked it. Watching him play it was pretty fun. So Ryan Roberts was there three or four years ago, tattoos, third baseman, sort of power hitting, low average. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to describe him. I don't, I don't even know if he had a lot of power, but he was just sort of low average. <laughs> it was below average. <laughs> we'll say. He's one of those guys that the, the fans liked him. He's a fan favorite, and I always liked him. Uh, the only jersey that I've got is from one of his from uh, back in the day. So, yeah, that'd be my favorite one, I think, uh, of all of them. Pretty obscure. Talk to me about, you know, your relationship and what Arizona fans' relationship is with the Giants. Uh, how do Arizona fans think about the Giants? You know, having the Dodgers around just distracts us from either the California team. So I think the Giants, as far as I know, I don't think anybody really dislikes the Giants per se. There's a lot of Giants fans here. There's a long history of Giants Arizona baseball. They were one of the first teams that were doing spring training in Scottsdale. Which is great to go to. And I love going to those games. That Scottsdale Stadium is great, especially that time of year to watch baseball. And, uh, I will say they are not the cheapest beers in baseball, though, because I spent about 90 bucks last time I was there for like four drinks. So my buddy Adam, who's been on this podcast, and he's actually going to be back with us next week, went to or tried to go to one of the Giants spring training games. And he said the tickets were like 25, 35 bucks for a spring training game now. Yeah, that sounds about right, honestly. I mean, it's at Scottsdale Stadium, too. They have they have a little bit of a price hike in that area, but that does seem a little steep. Yeah, I mean, how much does it cost to go to an Arizona Diamondbacks game regular season? I think you can get bleacher seats with a hot dog for like $12 or something. There's always some deal. I can't remember what it is now, but something like that. My dad practically sneaks into the park at AT&T and goes for 10, 15 bucks. He's scalping the tickets and he's just sort of <laughs> walking up to the game. But like 25 bucks for a spring training game. Sounds crazy to me, but also makes me feel like an old guy. <laughs> right, exactly. So tell me more about the Diamondbacks this year. What's the team like? What should uh, Giants fans be looking for? And how upset are you that Tim Lincecum is no longer on the team? That would be my biggest gripe this year. Because Goldie's off to a slow start. And we know if there's one way to get Goldie's numbers up, it's put him against Tim Lincecum. Yeah. So that'd be great. 
But, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of baseball last year. I mean, I watched what end of the season ball I could because what with the little ones, it's a little tough to get the time. But be honest, tell everyone why you were laid up at the end of the year. Starting a new woodworking business has its pain. Well, and that's true, too. It's been a little hectic around here. We'll just leave it at that. It's a little crazy, but it's fun. I'll let everybody in on the inside joke. There, there might have been a finger that was essentially detached. Oh, right, right. That early too. on in the woodworking starting business. But for the record, he's recovered and he's making end tables for me and my wife for our new home. <laughs> yeah, only about three months into it after I left my job to do it. I uh, had a pretty, I guess for what I'm doing, catastrophic injury. But like I said, I'm back to pitching. I'm almost there. So it'll be great. <laughs> nice. But anyway, so this year, the D-backs... I honestly don't. I, I was playing a little catch up in the preseason trying to get my bearing on who they traded and who they ended up with. And it's feeling a little like the major league team to me. You know, a lot of these guys are not big names, um, but they sort of have little glimmers of greatness in their records and background and history. So we'll see if they can all kind of make it work this season. But so far, it looks good, but it's so early. So from a Giants fan perspective, thinking about the Diamondbacks, it's a gruesome lineup. Uh, Goldschmidt anchoring the middle of it. Jake Lamb. Yeah, Jake, if he can keep it going this year through the second half, that could be the difference because he just fell off the wagon last year. He had a great first half and then just didn't show up at all for the second half of the season. That kind of killed us. Little known fact about Jake Lamb is that we both have a mutual connection to him. Your sister, who's my wife, works with his girlfriend. What? Yes, it's true. I did not know that. Does he live in the Bay Area in the offseason? I have no idea where he lives. I know that she lives here. Yeah, he probably lives all over the place, I would imagine, at this point. But I'm sure he travels plenty. So the middle of the lineup is, uh, you know, a strong lineup, play in a hitters-friendly park, and at the top of the rotation, you have somebody that the Giants went after, which is Zach Greinke. Mm-hmm. What else? How else is the pitching staff? Who else should we be looking for? We got Archie Bradley as like that seven-inning, eighth-inning guy who's usually pretty much lights out. So that's a pretty strong uh, middle reliever. I think Cranky is, I don't know, man, it's hard to say on him. He's not having a great year. He had a bad end of last year and not a great start. So that's probably going to go down as one of the worst deals in history, but we'll see. Barry Zito called and he says, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt Kane called and said, I got this. Yeah, right. And, and Johnny Cueto is potentially picking up the phone, but Jeff Samarja grabbed it from him first. You know, I love watching Cueto pitch. I love all the crazy shenanigans with the weird quick pitches and weird windups. He's all over the place. But that's pretty fun to watch. You know, I'm I'm pro Cueto. I have this thing where each person gets to pick a guy that is actively playing. You know, that's your guy on the team. Growing up, for me, it was Will Clark. During the World Series run, Pablo Sandoval was my guy. And then when he went to the Red Sox... I had to pick someone new and I was me and Johnny Cueto were flirting a little bit with being my guy. And then last year the wheels sort of fell off. And so I'm, <laughs> I need two or three years of straight contribution before her. You know, I can make that level of commitment to a pitcher. Yeah, I'm with you. Who's your guy? Pitching wise? Anybody. There's a few on the team that I like. I mean, Archie Bradley, you don't see him that often, but when he comes in, the guy is awesome. I really like watching him. I mean, Goldie's great. Pollock's usually fun to watch. He's gonna if he can stay healthy, that he'll be another guy that will will need to do anything this season. We got a lot of guys with a lot of talent. They just can't seem to keep it together, or they get injured, or down the line. So hopefully, we'll be healthy and awesome all year. 
So there's a long history of uh, camaraderie between Diamondbacks and Giants fans and also players. Uh, Bob Brenly, Matt Williams, both former Giant greats in the 80s, ended up on the coaching staff. Tell me how the Diamondbacks fans feel about uh, Bob Brenly and Matt Williams, two Giants greats. The general consensus, I would think, is they're both pretty good. I mean, obviously, everybody loves Brenly because of the World Series run. And Matt Millen's part of that team, too. So he was another guy that just played the game and was great. Not a lot of uh, flair, but not a lot of controversy or anything like that. That guy went out, played the game, came home, and he was awesome. You know, actually, Mark Grace was one of my favorites back in the day. And the reason I liked him so much is he never wore batting gloves. No armor, just a helmet, that's it. Which I thought was kind of a little bit old school. No, Nobody's doing that anymore. So I like those guys that kept it. Yeah, the batting gloves have taken over, and possibly because that's where all the performance-enhancing drugs are being hidden. <laughs> Well, I mean, Brandon Crawford's coming to bat right now. He looks like he's going to play hockey. I mean, he's got every pad on under the sun. Uncle Jesse? He looks like John Stamos. Uncle Jesse. (laughs) No, he's clean as the pure driven snow. Right. Of course he is. If you had to say somebody that was on the Diamondbacks that you thought was most likely to use steroids, would you say Kurt Schilling or Kurt Schilling? I don't know. I might actually go with Gonzo. Gonzo? Yep. He's a pretty skinny guy. I guess it was sort of the era. Yeah. I mean, but he had a 22 home run season. A 58 home run season and then a 22 home run season, whatever it was. That doesn't really just sort of happen, I wouldn't think. So I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but uh, he's one that usually comes up in chats amongst fans. It's peculiar. I think the Giants have some of them that might be questioned for having a performance-enhancing cocktail or two. Mm -hmm. There could be a guy or two on that team, yeah. You know, F.P. Santangelo (laughs) had a great run. He got caught. He got busted, (laughs) Benito Santiago. I know it. I think anybody who increased uh, hat size by, you know, four or five times over their career might be a candidate to question that. I don't know. It's possible. Bruce Bochy has the biggest head of any manager in the league. Do you think there's (laughs) performance enhancing substances there? No, I think he's just old. (laughs) Okay, that's true. He's probably just retaining water or something, you know. Of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get back to baseball. The the Diamondbacks uh, are sitting... One game behind first in the National League. I think they're 11-4 and four right now. How do you think they're going to do, and how do you think the rest of the NL West is going to shake out? Well, I think it's going to be similar to last year, I would say. I think the Dodgers are probably going to dominate. Boo. The Rockies are going to be in the hunt, but maybe not quite. You know, and hopefully we'll keep going, and then... Giants are kind of... This isn't one... It doesn't look like it's going to be one of your uh, on-again, off-again World Series wins, so... It isn't even year? you probably finish, like, fourth fourth and then san diego like i've been saying all season long you know they have a baseball team yeah right not for long probably i'm actively looking for san diego padres fans to talk to because it might be the only chance for the giants to get over on somebody this year yeah (laughs) the funny thing is las vegas at the beginning of the year had the giants listed at 84 wins which is two games over 500 and then we lost bumgardner Cueto's been on the DL for a little while. We lost Samarja. We lost our closer. Basically, the pitching staff has been decimated already, and now all of a sudden we're looking like a uh, you know mid-70s win team, and we're dropping series to the Padres. So I can't even throw punches. Yeah, that's definitely not a good sign. You know, obviously the D-backs are coming off. Last year was a good breakout year, but they were, what were they, last like two years in a row or something? So we're, we're used to losing those series to San Diego too, <laughs> unfortunately, and everybody else. Any advice for Giants fans as they go into a potentially sub-500 season from a fan base that has done it multiple times? Definitely, you know, if you up your alcohol intake as the season goes on, that helps. 
And then what I did, I just stopped watching the games. I mean, you just look forward to football season. God bless the Arizona Falcons. Wait, no, the Arizona <laughs> right. Phoenixes, the Arizona Stanford Cardinal. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. It's a tree. Right. It's a tree with wings, though, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. The Redbirds, they, where they roll the stadium in from outside to make sure that it gets enough sun. Right, exactly. <laughs> What's the Giants' opinion of Bob Brenly? I never really know uh, how they view him. Yeah, Bob Brentley, 1980s great catcher, worked uh, alongside Bob Melvin, who's now the coach for the A's. Mm-hmm. He was a manager for the D-backs for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So I think that everybody thinks very fondly of Brentley. He seems like a guy that you'd want to get a beer with. I actually think that my friend Adam, who's been on the podcast, uh, called him out as one of his top five favorite Giants because he seemed like he would likely to have a beer or seven. Huh. Yeah, he talks about ice cream and pizza, and I guess the food at Chase is pretty decent. I mean, we don't have any garlic fries or anything, obviously, but they got just about everything else. So he's always getting snacks and treats and stuff. So I think he's into uh, into that kind of thing. He's a well-fed man, and he looks like he likes to have a good time. So I think that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a no-hitter watch. Alert, alert. The Diamondbacks' Patrick Corbin hasn't allowed a hit through six inning versus the San Francisco Giants, and yet the score is still 0-0. Zero, zero. So... What's the bet if uh, the Giants get no hit tonight? How do we square this up? I will bet you hmm, that's a long shot, though. So how about uh, I'll get you a fancy new D-backs hat for Albie. If the Giants get no hit, not only can you buy my son a Diamondbacks fan, but I'll take the picture and I'll put it on the For the Fans, By the Fans Instagram account. (laughs) All right, deal. And if the Giants get a hit, I'm just going to be very happy. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I'll take it. Good deal. Okay, give me one last story as we wrap up the podcast. Tell me about your favorite baseball moment as a Diamondbacks fan, preferably anything related to the Giants. You know, I've only been to AT&T once, and it was when we were playing each other. I can't remember who it was now, but we hit a home run. We were sitting in the uh, left field stands. We were there together, I think. Somebody hit a home run, and it came right near us, and uh, we went on to trounce you guys that day. So that was that was a happy day in my baseball memory. I've blacked it out for one reason or another, and I hope your mother doesn't listen to the end of this podcast. She won't remember either way, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mom. Sue, we love you, and uh, please don't judge us. I swear I'm I'm doing this for professional reasons. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, yeah, this is super serious. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's we should wrap this up before we get into trouble. (laughs) All right. Okay, uh, that's a wrap for our show today. Our plan is to do this every week. So if you want more Giants baseball in your podcast feed, then click that subscribe button. Also, uh, we're just getting started, so we'd love for you to give us a rating in the Apple iTunes store or send us any questions at ForTheFansByTheFans.com. We also launched our ForTheFansByTheFans Twitter and Instagram accounts, so if you want some pictures of the Giants in your Instagram feed, FTFBTF, or our Twitter handle is at FTFBTF. Thanks again to our friends at Fanatics. If you're going to go buy your Giants gear, go to FTFBTF.com slash Fanatics. And our friends there will kick us a couple bucks to help produce this show. So until next time, swing and a miss. And that's it.